When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Variety, celebrating more than 118 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. Bradley Cooper says there was no grand plan to become a director in addition to acting. I don't have a master plan other than to try to use as much, the best use of my time here as long as I'm here. That's the, the more, the older I get, the more I realize that. And uh, that means sort of being open and clear and comfortable with oneself. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this episode of the award-winning Variety Awards Circuit Podcast, we talk to director-slash-writer-slash-star Bradley Cooper and star Carey Mulligan about their film Maestro. It's a special bonus edition of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Directed by, written by, and starring Bradley Cooper, Netflix's Maestro follows famed composer and musician Leonard Bernstein through decades of creating music and teaching against the backdrop of his marriage to his wife, Felicia Montalegre, played by Carrie Mulligan. The film also stars Maya Hawke, Matt Bomer, and Sarah Silverman. If summer doesn't sing in you, then nothing sings in you. And if nothing sings in you, then you can't make music. Something she told me. Hello, I'm Lenny. Hello, Felicia. Oh, she's so beautiful. Oh. Tell me about her. Oh, she's wonderful. She's a lovely girl. What age are we living in? One can be as free as one likes without guilt or confession. <laughs> Please, I know exactly who you are. He can be the first great American conductor. There's a price for being in my brother's orbit, you know that. Variety's Clayton Davis spoke to Cooper and Mulligan to discuss the process of getting into the mindset to play the couple. The two break down key scenes and talk about their favorite acting works from one another. He began by asking Cooper about how and why he decided to tackle the story of Leonard Bernstein and Felicia Montalegre. I definitely thought that there was a movie or a character that I thought that I could explore that's a conductor. Mm. Yeah, I definitely actually in some, um, I'd always thought there were like seven characters in me. I think I talked about it at some point, and that one of them was always a conductor. And, mm-hmm. um, 
we'd had to do private moments in uh, grad school, and I would always wind up conducting <laughs> in the private moment. Uh, whenever we would have to sort of uh, create characters and write monologues, they would always wind up being a conductor. Um, and so I thought, wow, there's something deep inside if I was ever able to utilize that in some sort of uh, narrative. And then Stephen was um, c- contemplating a biopic about Leonard Bernstein and knew that I had this mm-hmm. obsession with conducting. And I think it's really, yeah, it is kind of incredible to have, be able to have that conversation with him. And it's only by the nature of the fact of our friendship and having almost did America, done an American Sniper together. Yeah. So we had, we had uh, uh, developed a friendship from that. Oh, so I mean that <laughs> one of the most random facts you learn through a season is like Bradley Cooper conducts when he's just like chilling at home and like he's been doing it his whole life. Uh, so you just, I mean, when it when it turns out to be Leonard Ber- Bernstein, are you just? Is there like this <laughs> overwhelming pressure of like, okay, now I have to like really bring it? Cause Actually, learn how to conduct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to kind of like Not do fake, it. Yeah, yeah. Fake conduct. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you just nailed it. Yeah, yeah I was fake conducting for years, <laughs> um, and I just uh, barely got by to actually conduct just six minutes of music uh, uh, and, and a chorus of "Make Our Garden Grow," a choral rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, that was it. But yeah, it, but it was wonderful to actually learn about this thing that I just had a fascination with, but actually learn about the world, what it is to be a conductor. Uh, and in Bernstein's case, much more than just that, a composer, you know, whenever he would ask what his title is, you know, for his passport, he would always say musician. Mm. And then, uh, Carrie, then you're walking down the street and Bradley Cooper says, hey, come be in this movie I'm going to do. Uh, did you feel any pressure there or just? No. Um, no. I, I felt no, very casual about it. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, of course, of course. Um, I mean, firstly, because I, you know, I'd always wanted to, we'd known each other for a long time through just bumping into each other at things. And, um, and I'd always wanted to act with him. You know, I'd always wanted to. And I thought because we somehow had sort of met each other backstage a bit more. I thought it would be in theatre. I didn't, you know, um, but I wanted to act with him. And uh, and I was really glad that I didn't find out that he came to the first preview of the play that I was doing. I was doing a one-woman show in the West Village mm. uh, called Girls and Boys. And he came. I knew he was going to come because he was in New York and someone had given me the heads up that he was coming, but I didn't know when. And he came, of course, to the first preview, which is exactly when you want an actor that you really admire to see mm-hmm. your work on the first first run. Yeah. First, first, with, with, when all with, the mistakes yeah, have been yeah, yeah, worked yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. Um, so he came to that. And uh, and then there was a you know a whole disaster with the curtain coming down on my head and he took me to hospital and all, you know, so we had kind of a kind of quite dramatic um, thing. But then, yeah, then it was a couple of days after that that we met and in Cafe Clooney and he showed me Make Our Garden Grow on his iPhone and um, pitched the opening of the movie to, mm-hmm. on the waterfront and, you know, just said, I want to make a film about marriage. And it was just, yeah. Did you, did you set amazing. that up for the curtain to pull on her head just to like, could you, know, you make imagine? Sure. <laughs> that was a big, <laughs> That'd the be big pretty scheme. Dark. Yeah. I mean, That'd or, I mean, see how she handles pressure. Know. That's right? risking yeah. her health. <laughs> 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 that is pretty. And, and you weren't hurt or anything by that curtain. Just, I was quite hurt. No, that was a very. I, was, I had a concussion. Yeah. Curtains, are, curtains are heavy. They are, yeah. <laughs> you, know, it, you say curtain, but it I know, really I know, was I, like, it wasn't a well, curtain. Well, it's like a scrim. So it's like, it was made out of wood. It's wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was not a curtain. No, no, no. I was concussed for about six months. It was like for real. Yeah. 
And the doctor, yeah. when I went to the con- so I went to the. And every time you say curtain, I, I was know, like, it yeah. sounds it sounds fluffy. It's not fluffy. No, yeah, but I went, <laughs> it's the you opposite know. of a curtain. <laughs> it really hurts. It's an yeah. effing wall that yeah. came down on your head. Yeah, walking down on your head. Building fell on your head. Yeah, I mean, it was a massive plus for the nurses at the hospital because they were thrilled that Bradley Cooper had come to visit. But it was it was generally quite bad and. And I remember the the doctor saying, like, the main thing is do not look at bright lights and don't just try not to use your brain. And I was doing a 90-minute monologue. Mm. And I was like, well, I still don't understand how that happened halfway through the performance. Oh, my God. Halfway. Yeah, I, don't, I don't understand how she kept going. And, and I'm over there at that time. What was I doing around? Like, I, I was I was in the oh, village doing this I little know. thing. But yeah, so then. You were there then? Uh, well, I was, I was on the East Coast, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I lived in New York, uh, Jersey Well, it was City. a very short run. It was and like you didn't six really weeks. promote it much, right? Yeah. Was it, was no, it? we did it in London. It, but it was a tiny, it was like a mini, mini run. So it right. wasn't, we weren't even there for long enough oh. to. Um, but anyway, so yeah. that was that was I our kind of next movie idea. We're going to see the adaptation of that. <laughs> of Girls it would be wonderful. Pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. The interesting movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we had our little meeting, and then I saw a Star Is Born, and yeah. I was like, what? The are we allowed to swear? No, yeah, yeah, curse please. Fuck! Yeah. Like this is insane, and I saw it with Zoe Kazan because I'll, she's one of my best friends, yeah. and she's got such great taste. And I was like, come with me. I really want to, and. She was like, this is, he's, this director is, you know, and I was like, I know. And it's also, we get to act in it. You know, it was like this ridiculous. And then the notion of just playing this, the more I learned about her, the more excited I was because, you know, such an extraordinary person. Thank you for giving me a great segue into my next point. I have to publicly apologize to Bradley Cooper because when I heard you were going to direct a Star is Born, I, my instant reaction was to get annoyed and be like, God, and uh, you think you can direct now? Let's like, you know, because a lot of people try to do it. And there's very finite numbers mm. of Clint Eastwoods in the world, Kevin Costner's that can do it mm. and it feel like natural. And I saw Stars Born and I was like, oh, I, I, I was really wrong about this. So, so I need to publicly say that you can direct the shit out of a movie. And then here comes Maitro. And then, dare I say, better. Then a star is born because then I was like, oh, he's not just playing anymore. Mm. He's like a filmmaker. He's not a tour. He has something to say. So was it always in your grandmaster plan to be a director? Did you – was that embedded? In First you? of all, I really appreciate yeah. that. That's nice. Thank yeah. you, man. Um, it's, it's a little mean too. I'm like, yeah, I didn't believe in you. But now I do. No, no do but it's it? nice yeah. to say that. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Um I don't have a master plan other mm-hmm. than to try to um, take to, to use as much the best use of my time here as long as I'm here. That's mm-hmm. the, the more the older I get, the more I realize that, and uh, that means sort of being open and uh, clear and um, comfortable with oneself. And then when that happens, then then all of a sudden things that you maybe dream about or or even bigger than what you think you could dream about can occur. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of the the thing I've learned as I've gotten older. And so I've always loved film, absolutely loved film since I was a kid. I don't think I gave myself permission to dream as big as to actually write and direct movies. But then as I've gotten older, um, but even the the progression from A Star is Born to this movie, I feel like has been a crazy evolution that I could even feel internally. And and even the way that I even made the movie was so different uh, because of that. Do you think that you are... All those things, actor, producer, director, writer, forever, or do you find yourself leaning or feeling 
drawn to one thing more so than others. No, I don't even no. see it as separate things. I think it is all one thing, and I think it's always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I've, and I think that's why I've had such wonderful collaborations with filmmakers when I was just the actor, or at least started out to be just the actor in a movie, yeah. and then became executive producer or producer as the as the project pro- evolved, yeah. because I think those those people saw that say that likeness in me, and all we ever want is is help. Yeah. Um, and it's a collaborative art form. So, so I think that for sure that was always inside me. Even on Alias, this television show, mm-hmm. twenty years more than twenty years ago, mm-hmm. I would always sit in all the editing rooms when I wasn't working and get all of the VHS dailies. I'd bring home in my backpack and watch and just study. And Ken Olin was incredibly uh, um, open with me back then. Do you know who Ken Olin yeah. is? Yeah, he's a great director and uh, also an actor from um, what was it, Thirty Something or what was it called? Is I was going to say. 20-something. I think it was 30-something, 30, 30 yeah. yeah. And he um, he was one of the first people to really open up his process mm. and and allow me to just soak it all in. Yeah, awesome. Uh, hopefully that bug is in you, Carrie Mulligan. I think you could do anything. So if you feel like directing and writing, feel free to jump in and I and still do um I still, when they say, all right, just stand camera left, I look at the camera operator sort of slightly nervously and he'll like nod to where I am. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think I'm a bit ways off. Uh, let's talk about getting into into these roles. It's, it, it's a very complicated uh, man that, that you're portraying and a complicated woman you're portraying because their marriage was to the, I'm going to say normal, quote unquote, world was unconventional. She accepted him for him and the movie doesn't outwardly or directly address or or say out loud, I guess, what people look for. Like, you know, what – like, was it uh, was it really just a marriage? Was Lenny bisexual? Was he – what was that – what were those conversations like between you two and getting in those characters about what you know about him versus what you know about yourself? That's interesting. I, I don't remember us having any sort of macro uh, identifiably sort of identifying – uh, label conversations on either one of them. Um, it was really more about um, asking Carrie to go on this journey and then sending her scenes and s- the script as it was evolving. Mm-hmm. And it really was just about the story. Uh, those are the conversations, the story, and uh, the evolution of this uh, marriage and this relationship. I don't think we ever talked right. about it in terms of um, categorizing it. Is, is just on, yeah, I agree. And just on that, just to, I just, I have such a, an amazing, I just loved, I'd get like a text from Bradley and it would be a scene yeah. that he'd just written. And I would open it up and be like, <gasps> and this is like three years before, you know, and it would just, I'd get these pages, just, I just wrote this and it would be like, you know, I'd get it in England and it would be, he'd have written it in the morning in New York. And so it was just the coolest thing just to, And she's know. so smart, as you know, yeah. and creative. And it was wonderful to have that access to an incredibly uh, gifted mind and also the person who's going to wind up inhabiting the role. Mm. So it was a wonderful yeah. journey to be able to write uh, in, 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 in real time with the person who's actually going to wind up saying the lines. Yeah. So you yeah. have fragments of the script pretty much in text message form. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, I mean, oh we had a fight scene. If you look at our, L, like my, my text message, the info thing, where mm. it, with Bradley it's like, a million different versions of him with Kazu as Lenny from like 2019 onwards, all these different ages and stages and versions and things. And then, yeah, loads and loads. Well, lots of, I mean, so many pictures and references and things, but, but pages and pages and pages and pages of script 
that yeah. and that was what was the cool it was like it was like getting a little present yeah. you know? <laughs> so when you get a great script from a director you know if you it's the i always think that's i think that's probably why i'm not sort of a great producer or anything like that or haven't got the bones for it because my favorite thing is opening up a script and it being like a surprise yeah. and then you go oh, this is like so and that was i got that like all the time yeah. with because he kept on sending me like little bits so it was yeah my phone is full of them well done uh i love how the two of you now i can associate you with just one word for people who have seen my show and they'll know exactly what i'm talking about for the rest of time so carrie for you it's snoopy and then for you bradley it's church (laughs) like Mm. they will just be synonymous with your name also Shout out to Emma Stone, Coopsie Poopsie is going to go around for probably some time. So <laughs> that was during an interview we did. That terrible Emma Stone. Uh, <laughs> but can you talk about those big moments for you guys in the film? Because I believe that's like your gifts to cinema kind of scene. Like I was, I have a term, the scene that proves it. Like, why are you guys in the conversation? Why are, do we want to give these things awards? Watch those scenes. Even out of context, it's just they're 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 fire. Can you talk a little bit about that, Matt? Do you want to talk about writing Thanksgiving? Um, yeah, Snoopy. Sure, Snoopy. Sure. Oh, Thanksgiving. Don't call it Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, it is Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of the 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 the, the, the humor of it yeah. um, that that fight takes place at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, well, it's, I'm glad you brought up those two scenes because those two scenes are the are the two pillars of the film story wise. Because the movie is about their relationship yeah. and the evolution of their relationship. And that first scene is the reckoning, the seeming reckoning, even though she doesn't really come to terms with what she's actually feeling. But she does confront him in a serious way. Mm-hmm. And then the other scene is the truth of of his existence and her seeing that and then the reconciliation. And almost the moment where maybe they actually do fall in love mm-hmm. for the first time, maybe. maybe. Certainly maybe him. Hmm. Yeah. Because he certainly realizes what it's like without her that year, you know. Uh, and before he had just met her when he was still, you know, in the throes of his um, talent being expressed and then received back to him from mm-hmm. the world uh, when he was young at 25. But now he's, you know, in his mid-50s and he's just spent time away from her and miserable. So so, so I'm glad you brought so – without those two scenes working, there is no movie. Mm. Um, the fight scene, you know, as a writer, if I've, I've, as we were talking about calm and being open, writing is definitely the hardest part of this whole process. No question. Um, it's also the most thrilling because the landscape is endless, right? And you have like an unlimited, you have to have an unlimited budget in your brain. It just, otherwise why, you know, that's the only time you can, (laughs) right? And, um, for some reason, that scene I wrote faster than anything in the whole movie, and I think mm. I wrote it about 20 minutes one night uh, back five years ago. And I don't know if I told you this, but I would have, you know, the cup, uh, married couples who I knew who were older, who were sort of in a, in an interesting dynamic, I would have read that scene throughout oh, really? the years. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh my yeah. God. I would like be with them. I was like, would you guys mind? And I would pull it up on my phone. <laughs> And I would have them read it. No. Yeah. It was really incredible. Wow. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you say to them why? You were just like, oh, just oh, no, read they this knew one. they knew I was they, working on this movie. They, and no, I was no, like, no. But I mean, like, did you say, like, performing. you guys are having a rough time? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but afterwards, like, each time, uh, one of the people in the relationship would say, 
It's very honest. It's very oh, true. Wow. What it? Yeah, and it is. I can it relate is. to. It is. That's, you know, that's that, that whole thing. The remarkable thing. And um, so it was just kind of wonderful. And I, and I really knew that there was so much truth in it. It felt like one of those miraculous things. Mm. And and I was able to send that to to Carrie. Probably maybe the f- first or second thing you ever read. Yeah. And um, so we got to work on that scene forever. Yeah. Um, and then just again, she's an incredible uh, musician actor you know with her voice and her melody and the whole movie is sort of put together melodically um, the, the 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 lion's share of it them their conversation most of the music is actually the melody of their their dynamic uh verbally and that scene is probably the epicenter of it yeah. especially for her i mean he's just sitting there hitting like you know sort of accent notes uh, which I was very conscious of on the day to make the music. Yeah. Because, you know, I added – that third take was different. Oh, it was totally – yeah, you know yeah. Because well, I was like yeah. – I, I had sort of heard the beat, you know, where I could come in on the yeah. downbeats. Yeah. Which is- and it was also – it was like we did we did two takes at first that just – they just – we just didn't feel truthful and we knew it and we both knew it straight away and it was like, okay. Um, well, I would just say it was truthful. But it was a. It was. But, but it, it was. It was. It was coming at it from a completely different yeah, place. Yeah, it was coming from a different place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That didn't yeah. function where it needed to be in the yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there was no crescendo, right? And, and because of that, yeah, it didn't yeah. fit the arc. But yeah. it was. You know, I yeah. never didn't believe. No, you. no, no, no. Yeah, no. yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it was that third take, which is the one that's in the movie. That just everything about. Well, this was what was the most remarkable thing about working with Bradley as an actor and a director is that you know. Of course, there were times when he would say things very specifically to me, always as Lenny, but like that would be that would feel more like, or you know, he would physically move me somewhere, you know, all of those things that you are kind of more standard directing things. But it was very little of that. What what it was more was because all of our stuff was together, he would direct me by his own work. So he knew that whatever he did would would elicit a certain response in me. And in that third take, everything he did was so intentional, mm. and it pissed me off <laughs> something rotten i mean really yeah. like everything he did yeah. i was you know and it was like he bumped into the furniture and that was fucking annoying he's hung over <laughs> and you know he was drinking a carton of milk and that drink yeah. and then of course he goes for another drink and, he has and like sunglasses on. and he has sunglasses on and like yeah. he's going to get another drink do you really need another yeah. drink you've just shown up three hours late. like everything was there to just push mm. me and push me and push me and push me so it was and then that third take, it just felt like... That was it. That was it. It was like, yeah. it felt like, you know, flying and suddenly we were like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And then that was, we wrapped for the day, basically. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. You're really good at this acting thing, Harry Mulligan. Isn't she? You're Thanks. really, really, really good at it. You should probably do it as a career. It's really awesome. <laughs> I'm going to try. I loved it so much. And then uh, church. Let's talk about church. Church. One, one take church. One take one also. Take. Yeah. Um, this was one of those movies where once we have it, had it, and I learned that really from Clint more than anybody I work with. When you know you've had it, just move on. Um, there's no reason to do anything else. It's sort of a thing that everybody feels, and I really do believe that because I think it affects the, the not only the rest of your shooting day, but the rest of the the movie itself, the actors, the characters, everything. I think you can over explore something sometimes. Mm. I do. Um, and even rhythmically. Yeah, I mean, and that, but and when you don't have it, you have to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have to keep digging and digging and digging and digging. And this uh, church scene, this uh, cathedral, the Ely Cathedral was an example of that. The first day of shooting, we had allocated a day and a half, a night and a half. Um, I just was, uh, I was not, because I knew I wanted to actually conduct the, attempt to conduct the London Symphony Orchestra in Mahler's Resurrection. Um 
I I kept messing it up, Clayton. I was uh, behind the tempo, wasn't doing the, uh, the the changes, wasn't keying the orchestra members when they were supposed to, and um, and it was uh, it just wasn't working. And then the second day, I also I realized that I had set up cameras in a fearful way, in a way to protect that. And I think because I was entering into an experience already setting myself fearing failure, I failed. It was really interesting. But once I was bold. Um, as Anthony Hopkins says, you know, or requotes, you know, be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. Once I set up a shot, which is the shot in the film, which leaves no room for error, all of a sudden it happened. And, uh, and I was able to conduct them in, for those six and a half minutes. I like, We talked a little bit about this. I moderated a conversation with you yesterday and hearing you now even talk about it again. It seems like one of those experiences that maybe you don't even remember in the moment. Like sometimes because I, I think you said yesterday – it was like, like Lenny was here. Like Lenny, mm-hmm. Lenny was a part of me. You almost feel it feels strange that you never met him because that's you right. Still, you do know him, yeah. So is was that is that, that happened the whole film? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really did. Yeah. But in that moment, oddly enough, I remember every single yeah. moment. But my memory is like I'm I'm levitating over the um and, and on an, on an angle over the orchestra. That's my memory. As I don't remember having my feet actually on the podium. Really? Um, but I felt very so inside the music that it felt like um, there was no time. Uh, it wasn't going by fast. I was inside the music is what it felt like. Wow. And, and also, by the way, aware of the camera because we created it all to be – again, it was all synchronized the way most of the movie is shot. So as opposed to the way I had shot the day before with two cameras up here and the cable cam. So I wasn't even in sync with the movie. But this <laughs> was – it, the camera started here on a 27 millimeter lens. I was here. It comes through here as we come, and then it goes back. It goes out through him, and then it goes out, and then it ends over her right shoulder. And there was sort of this, this awareness of the music and everybody and how the movie was playing out. Yeah. And I think that's what allowed me to um, give over to it because it's when all of those things are synchronized. Um, that's when it feels like filmmaking, for me at least, is at its highest. Yeah. Uh, Carrie, when you're standing there on the side and you're watching him conduct, mm. uh, what's going through your like? What's going through your mind at that moment? Or are you just like, please, I can't mess yeah. this up because that would be. Terrible. I was very nervous yeah. about my shoulder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I just my shoulder just an inch is over. Yeah, um, or just go down and check your phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Where's your shoulder? No, oh, uh, it was. I mean, it was really. I don't think you could. I think you get it. Amazingly, when you watch the movie, you get the sense of it. But just being in that, being in front of it, you know, witnessing that in l- life was just—I mean, it was just so beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, I, you know, I know that on the first day it, he wasn't conducting them, and that's why you know we came back and thank goodness we did to get this single take, which is so extraordinary. But you know. I think 99% of other people would have been like, it's good enough. You yeah. know, like to a, to a layman, yeah. it 100% looked, it looked incredible. But he wasn't actually conducting them. They were, well, he, you know, he was, but like it wasn't, it wasn't right. And yeah. and I didn't know that, but he knew it and they knew it. And people who watch who know stuff would have known it, maybe if, but there would have been a way to get around that. That's right. So easily, like done. But it cut, would have cut, been cut. editing. But it would have yeah. been, so... For me, the whole day, I was thinking, this looks great. Like, it, it was, I thought it was incredible. And there's this beautiful gesture that he does that you see in this take. You don't see her, but you see him see her. And he, like, reaches into his heart and, like, 
he's like the delight and the joy in his that whole body there. that she's yeah. there and it's so beautiful when you watch the film for a you know, second time and you see that and yeah. you realise oh that's because she's there and he's just oh. noticed it's so heartbreaking um, but yeah I was just I, I mean it was just incre- I felt like I'd won a competition it was so incredible to watch Oh, well, you're also good at this acting thing, Bradley yeah. Cooper. Feel yeah. free to do it all your life and make movies. Yeah. Um, I have to actually, I gave Bradley an apology, and I have to apologize to you for something. Also, Carrie Mulligan, okay. I've loved you so for so long. You know, an education inside Lewin Davis. Shame, I'll shame the world forever. That mm. shame does not have an Oscar nomination to it. Mm. Um, but. We live in a very complicated time, and I write a lot about diversity in film. Uh, I'm half Puerto Rican, half black. And on its face, initially, hearing you were playing Felicia, it's easy to be like upset, like, oh, it's a Latino role. Mm. But thanks to Bradley for taking the time to put it in the script and understanding how things are complicated within our cultures, mm. uh, Felicia, born in Costa Rica, mm. isn't the Latino that we're talking about and when I'm talking about diversity. So it may feel like initial uh, gut go-to response, mm. but it, it's not. And you, and you address it in the movie, Bradley. So I have to thank you for, for doing that. Cause it's so complicated in a lot of ways. And mm. you can't just learn about someone when you see where they were born. Mm. So I yeah. just to give you a little bit of, of credit in that uh, department. Well, thank you. I yeah. mean, I think in terms of absolutely everything to do with yeah. this film, like the thought that went into every element mm-hmm. of it was just so unbelievable. So yeah, I've really it's very, it's very thoughtful. Um, okay. Now I want to talk fun. Now Maya Hawk, hmm. a little troublemaker <laughs> told a great story about a dog <laughs> yesterday uh, about, and, but it was such a, it was, a, I saw the thread of where she was going, but people weren't there for it, but she felt, she was telling the story about this untrained dog that Bradley vehemently b- believes was a trained dog, a professional dog on set. Um, but how we often feel untrained and how we feel like we're not worthy or not good enough for this, whatever you're doing in any uh, given job. Did you, can you recall a time that you guys felt like that in this job that you have that you love so much that you're really good at? But does that still stay with you about just feeling like, am I good enough to be doing this? Can I play? Leonard Bernstein, I believe Felicia hmm. or any anyone, does that stay with you ever? I remember um, seeing Al Pacino do a reading of uh, Salome at the Actors Studio mm-hmm. when I was in grad school. And his willingness to, he was, it was just a, t- a read. And I remember Chris Messina was there then who, who hadn't, yeah. I don't think he was like, he was still a student. And this mm-hmm. is many, many years ago. And I remember going like, wow, this guy next to Al Pacino is so good. Mm-hmm. And it was like, he, he, I don't know, he's probably like in his twenties. I don't even know. And, um, but seeing Al Pacino, who I'd only seen in, you know, Dog Day Afternoon and The Godfather and Serpico and, you know, and uh, Heat and um, in the line, you know, I mean, it was just like, and I'm watching this guy really risk falling on his face, mm-hmm. trying stuff. And I was really reminded of, well, you just started zero no matter what, every time you started zero. And then doing Wedding Crashers, watching Vince Vaughn risk every take, just doing the most outlandish, outlandish different takes on a scene. And some of them not working, yeah. but the, but then crushing it. Also um, an Oscar nomination owed to Vince Vaughn. Yeah. I mean, really, and I, yeah. and I, and I, I claw, those two are very cemented in my mind of, yeah. of low, yeah, no matter what you've done or accomplished, the 
beautiful thing about art is you start at zero every time and there's no guarantee of anything and you ha and so you just have to put the work in every single time so it's like the answer to that question is like yeah every single uh journey starts that at that place yeah. there is no built-in assurance that's the beauty about art is it takes um it takes a tremendous amount of work and and effort just to be able to get to a place of hopefully exploring it in a truthful way yeah and i would say i think probably I think part of why we have kind of a kinship, I guess, in the way that we approach work, I think, is that neither of us are like enormously drawn to things that aren't something that probably scares the shit out of you. Like if it seems like it's something you're like, oh, yeah, I'm you know, then it's like not really mm. the thing, right? Mm. Like the, not that you're looking to be afraid, but that you're looking to explore something you haven't understood before, like express something you haven't understood before. And that generally tends to be things that you that do make you nervous you know give you cause and i think to be. different things is, have have at least made me nervous over the years i remember willem defoe coming to our school and saying that he only takes roles that uh, terrify him and i remember as a student mm. sitting in the audience thinking well i'll never do that <laughs> literally yeah. i thought i'll take every, only something that yeah. if i could even take anything i don't even know yeah. what that means but i'll audition for something that i feel like i can do yeah and so it's like the first part of, of, of my sort of journey in this field was just trying to be myself in front of the camera, mm. that I could even just be present. Mm. And then as that starts to become something that's um, easier, then you go, oh, I can yeah. actually be another person. Yeah. And so the evolution of that, uh, where that fear has taken me is exciting. Oh, awesome. My last question, it's a two-parter, though. Uh, Bradley, th there's, I would say there's something in, in the water uh, that seems different about you. And the people always think that we know people like if we see them in Hollywood, but I see such like a, a brightness about you this time that I haven't seen of you before. And it seems like, so like, I feel like you kind of get to this place of like, I like love life kind of thing, or maybe you always did, but it, it, it really, it's like protruding out of you nowadays. Um, and then with you, Carrie, you've had some – I mean, you've been scraping the barrel on on leading men, Oscar Isaac, Peter Sarsgaard, now Bradley Cooper. Um, you know, just yeah. – you know, we'll talk to your agent about getting some yeah. better Not acting bad. spars. But you have just been churning them out. I love that you said you were watching with Zoe Kazan because then you guys got to do She Said together, yeah. which is uh, incredible. But you're both at this moment where – I don't, I don't want to say you're not peaking because I think there's still more to come, but there is a very joyful moment about this moment for you guys. Can you talk about that in addition to saying your favorite role about from the other person in any other movie that obviously is not maestro? Mm. Um, well, thanks for acknowledging that. Mm. I think you're right. Um, maybe I don't take things as seriously. Mm. Maybe that's something. Mm. Um, um, being a father, huge. Yeah, kids do that mm. to you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and thank gosh, because getting old kind of sucks. So the fact <laughs> that, like, you know, spiritually and mentally you evolve is a little blessing. Yeah. Um, what are my favorite performances? Oh, God, don't. Now I'm nervous. I've got two in my head, but I like one of them just feels like very obvious, which is obviously a star is born, mm. but like, I can't get I can't, I'll never get I mean, over that. drive, man. Really? I don't know, really? man. Drive always really got me. I love Drive. Yeah, I don't know. 
I love that movie. You but enjoy my, between... Well, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, yeah. there's so many. I know there's the obvious ones, yeah. but for whatever reason. I'm between American Sniper and A Star is Born. Because Those American, are my two for American him. Sniper Before, really Maestro, yeah. hit me hard. My brother was in the military, and there was just something about that film that just absolutely. I mean, everything about that film, but his, your performance in that. Carrie and I always in sync. Thank you, Carrie. There you go. Uh, and then Drive. I, I, I mean, I, lo- I love Drive. You like the, the jacket's cool. I mean, I mean, no, I mean yeah. you and Drive. By the way, I love Drive. Yeah, I love yeah, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, no, no Oscar, I'm trying to sell Oscar it to Isaac twice. I, mean, I know. Yeah, right. No Oscar just, Isaac. But shame, yeah, man. Shame. Shame. Yeah, yeah man. You're right. Really no, no, no. It's insane. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I'm gonna. Can I switch? Yeah. Go shame. ahead. That's the last time I had my hair. This. I'm gonna say shame. No question. Oh yeah. No question. Shame. That's star, director, writer Bradley Cooper and star Carrie Mulligan of Maestro. Now streaming on Netflix and also in select theaters. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Zach Levin edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.